Yeah, yeah, yeah. So welcome to This Week in Black Art and Culture. I am here with Lisa Anderson. This Week in Black Art and Culture is a part of Sugarcane Magazine. You can find us at sugarcanemag.com. Please be sure to subscribe, like this episode, and to download. We want to get to, how many we want to get to? We want to get to like a thousand downloads. That would make me happy. We can get to a thousand downloads by February or before would be great. Lisa, you have good news for us. Yes, I do. Hello. Hi, everybody. Hi, to listeners. Great to be in conversation again with the lovely Melissa. I'm Lisa Anderson, calling in from London, United Kingdom. And I'm so happy because this week I started my new role as Managing Director of the Black Cultural Archives in Brixton, the home of Black British history, the only national heritage organization dedicated to celebrating and promoting the history of Black people in the United Kingdom. So, Boom. dream job, living yes. with purpose, amazing team, I such exciting it. plans for the future. Yeah. That's just, just, just getting the lay of the land at the moment. Mm-hmm. And looking forward to a really dynamic impactful year where I can bring together my passion for social justice, equity, us living our our fully expressed lives along with my passion for culture and art, particularly from the African diaspora. So congratulations. I'm so proud of you. This is well-deserved. They deserve your brilliance. You know, I know that there's going to be great activities and programming and all kinds of things coming out of this collaboration. I'm so proud of you. This is awesome. So we will definitely look for you and then be sure to look for you on social as well. And then does um, the Black Archives, do they have a membership program? There is a membership program and that's certainly something that I'll be working to develop further. Um, There are so many ways in which people can support and get engaged with the work of the archives. There's such a huge opportunity to bring the archives to life in a more engaging, visible way, because we have the documents that speak to the experiences of so many generations of black people in the United Kingdom and the thing, and documents that speak to the realities that we're still living through now. So I was just having a conversation today at lunch about our collections of documents and uh, information that relates to the Windrush scandal, right? for example, or to, uh, so we have um, a collection that points to stowaways uh, from the Caribbean who tried to get into the United Kingdom in the, sh- in the ships. The Windrush SS Empire wasn't the only ship to bring people from Jamaica and other Caribbean countries to the United Kingdom, but just to document that and showing some, some letters that people wrote of their experiences. We haven't, I don't think we, from the archive now, have done as much as we could do to have people get a, a, a 
a visceral sense of history through the archives, through the archive materials. And that's something that I'm really excited um, for us to work on in the future, particularly through Instagram and, you know, ways of uh, perhaps vlogging, um, perhaps even TikTok, you know, we've got to engage with all all generations. So, yeah, really exciting. This is good. Good stuff. I'm, I'm really pleased. So how did you enjoy your trip to Egypt? Wow. It was, well, Uh-oh. well, it was enjoyed. It was a fantastic trip, particularly because, you know, it's a return to the motherland. Right. It's a return to, you know, the heart of <laughs> civilization in a way. You think about all the knowledge that comes from that region uh, the the historic wealth of that of that region, I unfortunately didn't get to take any historic trips. Okay, uh, we didn't get to go and visit any of the tombs or pyramids because it was uh, primarily an R and R. Okay, six days yes. holiday, and so the husband and I, given that it was a honeymoon, we thought let's just focus on you and I. Yeah, and so we did that and. We did have a few trips and the highlight of the trip for me was snorkeling in the Red Sea and literally becoming a little fish like Nemo and seeing the beautiful array of phenomenal sea life, just like the film, but obviously on a whole nother level because (laughs) you're there, you're seeing, you're engaging with all these different beautiful creations. Ah, these creatures. And so... Yeah, it was really, really beautiful. That was there with me for the rest of my life. And I think it's something that I'd like to do more and more. I hear about people going to dive and snorkeling. And yeah, I got uh, we got a, a little taste of that. And the sea was so clean. And, you know, it really did put into context so much of the campaigning about keeping our oceans clean for me because right. that life is so precious. Right. Um, that, eco- that system of, of, of life is so, is so precious. Right. So yeah, it just made me really, really present to to yeah how important that is. I love it as well. Awesome. Well, I'm happy you had a good time. I know that that was much needed. We've had a rough two years, and oh get to get goodness. married during a pandemic. So it's it's nice to just take some time to be able to leave the country and because you guys have been in lockdown for a long time. So you you deserve that. The yeah, time. and we're just about to. Boris has just announced that we have to now, well, he's just suggesting that people now work from home where they can and uh, increased restrictions around uh, wearing of masks um, and also the requirements for people to go to certain events now that they're saying that a lateral test may not be um, enough now, a negative test, people will have to now show that they've been fully vaccinated. So, yeah, they're ramping things up at the moment now, but there's also an uh, interesting critique that that might be because they're trying to hmm, distract people's attention from the massive, uh, I don't know if you heard about this story where uh, some government aides were heard laughing about not following the restrictions this time last year when there was a lockdown and when people were you know, staying away from their loved ones. 
apparently they were the, one of the aides was laughing that you know apparently no we didn't have a, a a Christmas party that was a business party and it was definitely socially distanced wink wink type of thing Aww. and he's been derided for it so yeah okay. <laughs> obviously undermining public trust in what the government says around right how we should deal with COVID nineteen responsibly. Jeez. <sighs> yeah, I'm not surprised though. I'm not surprised at all. You know, people say one thing and do another. That's not surprising. So we have, we were nervous last week because last week was, yes, Art Basel was here, but the name of the week is actually Art Week Miami. So we were, you know, you know, all these people coming in from out of town and then we get this news that there's this new variant. It's like, oh God, you know. (laughs) You know, like we just, guys, okay. And, you know, let's, let's just see how this works out. But this was probably the blackest art week I have ever seen. And they... Oh, wow. Amazing. No? no? Wow okay. Yet. <laughs> oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean by blackest? Okay. Gosh. I, I can't wait for the punchline. So, I mean, Art Basel had eight eight galleries alone owned by black women. Um, There may have been 10, nine, between nine and 11 galleries, black owned galleries. That's a big deal. I've never seen. That's a huge deal. I mean, we need to list these. Why are we going to just drop that and then let people know? And I listed If any of you are listening, if you go back to our our list for where to find Black art during Art Week Miami, it's still there. I have it pinned to the top of the page. You'll be there for a little while. So you can find out who these women were. Fantastic. Um, So it was really fantastic. However, Blacker didn't necessarily mean that this went better. No. So there's a lot of Black art, but I have to admit it wasn't the best of the best. Now, granted, we had... You mean quality? Not in quality. And not for the reason why you may think. So those who are good are good. No questions asked. They were great. Um, Think of your usual suspects. Of course. This year, it seems that all of the galleries, every gallery had a Black artist. Oh, I see what's happening here. It's like in the United Kingdom, every advert has a black person in it. Yes. Boom. <laughs> On TV. It's crazy. Yes. So, yeah. So every, every gallery had black art. They had someone that they found off of Instagram. And not all of it was the best. And I don't want to say people are lying because some people must have been lying. I know not all that sold. But to be honest with you, some of it probably sold because collectors were just like, oh, my God, black art. Let's buy it. Like, you, it wasn't the best. And what we saw was a hell of a lot of plagiarism. Lots of repetition. Uh, plagiarism. <laughs> Not repetition. So what was, the, what was the key kind of, what was the key visual like? So we've <laughs> uh, already trope, seen a lot of being people repeated. Kind of, you saw, we've already seen a lot of people kind of bite off of Carrie James Marshall with the black skin, right? Yeah. Yes, we've been seeing that for It's a everywhere. But now it's like an overdrive. Everybody had it. A lot of people mimicking Bisa Butler. Um, Deborah wow. Roberts' work was 
Deborah Roberts' work was lifted in a way that all of us thought that that was her work. And for like, oh, Deborah, oh. <laughs> that ain't Deborah Roberts, you know? Um, so it, it, it wasn't the, and they literally went to a lot of, you know, people just scoured Instagram and, you know, whoever it was the did, derivative works, essentially that too, you know, so it was a, it wasn't the best quality and a B was a, a, a crap load of knockoffs, you know, and Yes, we have some really talented artists, don't get me wrong, but like not everybody should have been on that level. You know, it will be, and something else that I think that is happening is that I think these artists are, you know, A, you know, people want to make money. You know, they see what's selling, we're going to copy it. Like I know people who do that, you know, if that's what sells, that's what we're going to paint. If that's what sells, that's Mm. what we're going to sell. If that's what sells, that's what I'm going to cook. You know, we, we do that all the time. Um, mm-hmm. But, and it's not just Black folks that do it. Clearly, we know that. But it was just very clear that, um, that not only are these artists, you know, taking from, you know, other masters, but their gallerists are probably encouraging this too. So it makes it, you know, it's it makes it so that if you can't get a Carrie James Marshall, you can buy so and so because they're doing something that looks like this. Or if you can't get a piece of butler, and then not, and I'm not talking about even of uh, fabric artists, I mean painting. If you want a piece of butler, you can go buy this instead for a lot less. Um there's one Black-owned gallery that had a piece, and I thought it was somebody else because they typically do this type of work where the skin it's not necessarily black skin, but it, it has these different tones. And I don't want to say too much to give away who it is. I'm not going to put them on front street like that. But I thought it was someone else. And so I took a picture of it and I was going to tag them. And I couldn't spell their name. So I like stopped to go back to like look at the name. And then I realized, oh, that's not who this is. But it looked exactly like, it looked like some of their earlier work. And it's just... I thought it was a mess. Um, if we're going to have black art there, I don't want it to look like this. You know, we have to do better about wow. in particular galleries. You know, stop playing games with people. First of all, you're going you send some people up, they might get sued. All right, you keep playing, and you might let some of these. And these are young folks who don't have that kind of money to get sued. You cannot get a good attorney. And if your gallerist pays for it for you, you will be paying that person back forever. So, you know, stop setting your clients to, to, to be sued. Collectors, stop buying these knockoffs. You know, look at it like when you go and you see a pair of a, a product outfit or shoes or bag, and then you decide to go to the swap meet and then go get the product, not product, product. Okay, a prado. You know, it's the same thing. Me or prado's. Okay, it's the same thing. You know, it's a knockoff. Was this a conversation you were having with other publishers, critics? Did it come up? So I can say this now because we're recording this. So we are. Mm -hmm. We do have an essay coming out, but there were other artists that saw this and talked about it on social. 
And so we want to take, yeah, we decided to like go further and do this essay about it because it's, it's disturbing and we don't want this because this is precisely how, you know, it was clear that, and I've always said this, that black art is the flavor of the month. And that's been a long couple of months, but eventually, you know, people will move on. And if we're going to be represented, we don't want to be represented this way. And it's a effort. So artists, you're artists, you know, you're creative, go be creative. I said this in, um, on social once before, you know, we already had a Jean-Michel Basquiat. We don't need another one. He was here. He lived, he created, he has passed on. Now we need another you. And if your work is good enough, then it will sell, it will be recognized, it will be all those things that you want. But you don't need to take your time recreating the work of other people. It's fine to be inspired, it's fine to maybe find a way to reference, but dog, you just can't go out and just copy a whole damn body of work. It just don't work that way. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what I saw for six days at, at Basel this year. So not in Basel, at Art Week Miami. Um, and you saw that across the fairs? Was it mainly in like, what, Untitled and Prism? It was, it was across the fairs for the most part. I can't necessarily say that our Basel was the same way. Basel has a way of vetting their galleries. And so... It's called the cost to... <laughs> it was a high point of entry. Come on now. Um, and even though there were people who still kind of use the same... black, They still use the black skin. It wasn't like you weren't looking at the same work. You know, they at least said, you know, they may have referenced it and taken this a different direction. And I can live with that. But when you see somebody's work and you not only do the same thing and use the same color schemes that they're known for, sirs and ma'ams, we have a problem. And that's what I saw. And collectors, you know, people were saying that, you know, they couldn't keep up with the orders. And I, I believe them. Because everybody, even I did something at the Haitian, I did two events, technically one. So we recorded this week in Caribbean Arts, which is already up now. You can um, go download it at This Week in Caribbean Art. You have to type out the entire title. Until you guys start downloading us, it'll still be hard to find. So This Week in Caribbean Art and Culture. We um, did the podcast live at Basel, and then I did a panel discussion at the Haitian Heritage Museum in the Design District. And we had a great turnout. And even after our talk was over with, you know, people were still coming in. And she had people just like young people just wanted to buy. They just wanted to get into collecting art. They're like, you know, how much is this? You know, so people really wanted to go in and they really wanted to buy. So I believe them when they said they couldn't keep up. But, you know, one of the first lessons is that, you know, it's really important to, to have some knowledge. You don't have to know everything, but you have to do some study into art, art history. You mm. need to watch who you're collecting. And I tell people, even though they don't want to do it because they feel like they can do it on their own, you probably need an art advisor. You need a good art advisor. I know you don't want to spend the money, but you can ready to buy, spend a bunch of money on a piece of artwork anyway. Go ahead and invest in one. You know, it just makes sense. Um, 
that's like I don't know if I can to relate this to anything, but don't don't waste your money. It's like having a, a good financial advisor. You know, of course it is. Yeah. Can, oh, I can just go buy stocks off of whatever. But, you know, you have a financial advisor to kind of tell you where to go, how much to spend, you know, really help you build your build your bank. And also understand what is your long term vision? What is the strategy? Yes. What are you doing this for? What, right. are, what do you really believe in? Which artist do you, whose work do you really want to support and invest in? And how are you going to, listen, this is my art advising coming yes. out. So yeah, you should get an advisor like Lisa Anderson. <laughs> yes. I just realized I have a bunch of art advisors around me. That's awesome. But yes, you should. Mm-hmm. And so even if you tell me later on, oh, I want to take this work out and take it to, you know, museums and community centers, you know, is this collection worthy of that? You know, do you have a bunch of garbage that people don't want to see? You have, you know, work that you can never do anything with after you die that your kids can't do anything with, you know, because the work isn't good or, you know, and I've seen that a lot, you know, people like, oh, I can do it myself. And I'm like, it shows that you did it yourself, but I don't think you can do it yourself. It, it takes some time and thought. If, mm. unless you just want to buy something for your wall, like you're going to Z gallery or to the furniture store. And then that's fine. You know, all good. You just want it because it matches your sofa or reminds you of your cousin. That's awesome. But if you're going to spend thousands of dollars, you need to watch how you spend that thousands of dollars and do not invest in these knockoff artists who are like so-and-so. You should be purchasing work that by someone who has an intellect and who was able to create a narrative based off of their vision, not based off of emulating someone else for the, I just heard like this really funny, um, I think it was like a TikTok or a story on Instagram. And she was talking about, you know, somebody said, oh, I can't buy from you because your prices are too high. And she said, she was like, you're giving me very much, uh, do you guys have Walmart in the UK? No, you're giving me Walmart great value when I'm uh, Publix. You know, (laughs) (laughs) you get it. So you you really want to be sure that you're purchasing something that's that's worthy of that dollar that you're spending. Right. And that it just it was kind of disappointing. So, yes, there was art everywhere. Wherever you want to look, it was there. Was it the best of the best? No. And that's what I'm going to Okay. Yeah. I just want to cut here in terms of the recording and just mention, do you want to do a special thing on the exhibition that's in Tate on British Caribbean art? Yes. I think we were talking about that with Caribbean art and culture too, but since you're there. No, that's what I'm saying for Caribbean art and culture. Maybe I could contribute to that and do a bit of a thing. Yes. All right. That's a nice, a nice crossover. Yeah. Yeah. And did it, it opened already, correct? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think we talked about that, making sure that we have, do you have any like connections at, at the tape? It's 328. Oh yeah. Okay. You think we can get the curator? Oh, that's um, Sonia Boyce's husband. I can see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I could ask him. I do. Yeah. He's a low key mentor of mine. Oh, nice. Okay. Sounds but I haven't spoken to him for ages. So. Okay. See what I can do. Okay, sounds good. All right, so our next 
interview should be here in two minutes. I told him to come in at three thirty. So um, his name. You're taking the leads, right? Yes, because I'm not that familiar with his work. His he looks name, nice. Yeah, um, his name is Jared McGriff. He is a watercolorist, and I always liked him because he. And I'll probably end up saying this again. I feel like he adds a softness and gentility to a world that is never considered soft or gentle. The way he depicts, like, you know, Black people in urban settings using watercolors to me is just really interesting. Um, Young guy um, from San Francisco or from the Bay Area. And his girlfriend met a young lady who lives here in South Florida. They started dating. He moved here to be with her. And I think he's only been here for five years, five years. And he has his first museum show at a university museum here. So amazing. It's, it's good to have him on um, and to talk to him about his work. And then what he thought of, I'll ask his thoughts about Basel. And yes, please. I'm very intrigued. To yes. hear. But yeah, I was, I was really disappointed this year. Um, I was happy to have people in town and to be able to do all the stuff and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I love the fact that they just kept getting, you know, black folks to get on. But if I had to, other than that, I think the quality was, it wasn't always as, as good as it could have been. And that was disappointing. I'm hoping that they don't do that again. Um, and people start to think, you know, before you bring on your black artist, you know, there's tons of people. Oh, it's here. There's tons of people who do great work that you can call on. There's no reason to do, I don't know how they found these folks, but, um, and they took advantage of, I feel like they took advantage of a lot of West African artists. A lot of those young Nigerian guys, I think they took, and some of this is where this comes from, which starts a whole different kind of conversation, but they really did. So I gave my thoughts on our Basel. I hope they're not controversial, but I don't, I'm not alone. I don't think so. I've seen all the others, the comments, and he's laughing, so he probably agrees with me, that all the other comments on social and text messages that I've been getting, so I'm not alone. But we have a guest here today who was also showing during Art Week Miami, but he actually showed his work in Fort Lauderdale. So... Um, Quick background, if you're not familiar with South Florida, there's Miami and about 30 to 40 minutes north of the city of Miami is Fort Lauderdale. Fort Lauderdale has a museum called NSU Art Museum. It's a part of NSU University. University? Yes, NSU University. And we are happy to have him here because we've been following him for a long time. And we are here with Jared McGriff on Instagram. You know him as Watercolor Brother. That's the reason why I love his work because he shows black life in such a soft and gentle way. It's uh, really interesting to me. Jared, thank you for joining us. Yeah, for sure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for bringing me on. So Jared, what did you think of Miami Art Week? Um, I mean, Art, Art Week is, is hard to navigate sometimes because there's just so, there's so much going on. And this time, um, it seems like there, there, were, de- there were definitely a lot of uh, distractions as the uh, cryptocurrency crowd <laughs> sort of uh, descended on, on Miami and, and Art Week as well. 
Um, so that, that created, you know, sort of an, another layer to sift through, um, in addition to all the sort of brands and, and things like that, that kind of activate during our week, it, the work itself, um, it, there were some definite highlights. There are some interesting things. Um, I, I was, the, the highlight for me was seeing, was seeing the video actually that, that was made from, uh, that, that, uh, Giovanna Gonzalez, me, that's, uh, that, who works with Ulay, um, it was, it was curated in a, in a show that liked it. Um, so that was, that was one of the things that I thought was really interesting and super special. So, um, but other than that, you know, it, it's hard, it's, it's really, it's really hard to say. I mean, there's, there's always, some, you know, there's some, some beautiful work in there. Um, and then there's some, some things that, that make you question the, the, the industry and the field and things like that. Um, so in general, I, I try to, even, even during our week, I try to stay in the studio. Gotcha. That's, that was <laughs> that's actually the way you need to do it. If you're not, that was a very you, diplomatic <laughs> report. <Yes. laughs> oh, no. I respect that. It really was. Yeah. And then, of course, so, and his, his a significant other um, is also, if you think he's diplomatic, oh my God, she really, well, we're going to talk to her later. We won't talk about her now. We'll talk about her later. <laughs> as well. So that was a great, good answer. Good answer. So, but the, the best thing though, is that you had a chance to show, um, do your solo show at NSU Art Museum. So tell us about the show. Tell us about the name of it and about the work. Sure. So uh, the, the name of the show is uh, where, where We Are You. And that is um, something that, that I was, an idea that I was, that I've been thinking about really. Uh, and it's kind of like one of the core ideas I think in my, in my work, which is, um, sort of, you know, thinking about how, um, how we as people interact with each other um, and how, with, you know, these groups of, of individuals sometimes um, have great impact on, on the individual and, and how people kind of navigate that boundary between the self and, and the group. Um, so the show was, you know, extending this idea or thinking, extending this idea into ideas around um, this notion of, of uh, Ubuntu philosophy where the, the individual is, is, is realized through the, the uh, characteristics or, or the behavior or, or the, um, the success even of the group. So that's kind of why I chose to put together these, these groupings that make the viewer think about um, how individuals relate to each other and then also kind of balance that with these individual portraits that really um, show that difference between the group and the individual and kind of balance them against each other in, in space. Um, the work, the show has some, um, it, they're, they're all imagined portraits um, and it's also some, some imagined landscapes as well. So within those, both of those aspects are, are part of my practice, the, the imagined portraiture and, and imagined landscapes kind of creating um, spaces creating people even and, and interactions that, that sort of have this, this interplay. I love it. So the show has been up for quite some time. And then I saw some of your work at NSU over the summer. Um, so I see that there's more of an expanded collection. 
what was your experience having your first museum show? Yeah, it's been it's been fantastic. I think the joining the collection at NSU is is really amazing to me. I mean, they have a really strong collection um, and the, the curatorial lens that, that Bonnie Clearwater brings to um, the the collection and, and the, the artists that she kind of brings in the conversation um, are su super interesting. So it's cool that the, my first museum show is there. Um, and it, I think the, the, the group of, of viewers is also interesting to me in terms of reaching out to, you know, the community and uh, uh, the broader community of South Florida, um, seeing people there who are not necessarily art world people, but just kind of everyday people is, is cool to me um, because that's, kind of, that's my background. You know, I'm not, uh, I'm a self-taught artist and it, I, I think, you know, what, what drove me to, to painting is, um, being focused on creativity as an act, you know, and, and so seeing, you know, everyday people kind of um, enjoy work that represents them. That's from a kind of a maker who's, who's hasn't been, you know, focused on the art world per se all this time. So that, that part of the show is really, is really good, you know, just to see that, that interaction. And that's one of the reasons I started sharing my work in the first place is to kind of bring people together in space. So seeing, doing that at this scale is, is um, you know, really kind of in line with what I want to do long-term. You know, we see a lot of artists that um, come out of MFA programs and kind of shoot up to the top. But you mentioned that you were self-taught art artist, but self-taught, but you have a background that kind of incorporates art in your work, right? Yeah, I think, well, so my, my, back, my practice is about like this sort of capturing the everyday and 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 that's an expression of my background in general which has been kind of you know more so just like everybody else in terms of working and and living you know kind of like the life of a worker you could say um and the so my background in in, um, in architecture influences my work you know i studied architecture undergrad um i never practiced architecture um, I wasn't able to actually get into the field <laughs> when I wanted to upon graduation. Uh, and kind of, I think, you know, that was one of like, I, I think a lot of times my work has been like an expression of, like I said, like the day-to-day -day things and kind of, um, the day-to-day -day frustrations of life, right. you know what I'm saying? And like not being able to practice architecture was, was something that was, um, hard for me to deal with. And, you know, so those kinds of experiences, I, I kind of turned in to um, into painting and focused on my creativity as an, as an outlet, as a balance, as escapism. Um, so, you know, my architecture background, it fuels kind of how I think about space and how I think about people in space. And um, it, it gave me an idea of, you know, how I use my hand per se, you know, how I kind of visualize things. Um, but I studied, you know, business in, in, in graduate school. Um, and that is, you know, that has nothing to do with the visual art space, but it definitely has a lot to do with kind of considering and being thoughtful about how people think and how people make decisions in large groups and how, um, you know, people sort of, you know, behave at, at scale and, you know, understanding systems and things like that. So, and a lot of that goes into my work in terms of um, sort of like this, um, 
you know, un- underlying aspect of human dynamics, you know, those are the things that I'm trying, trying to tap into with the work. And I think it is, uh, that comes from, you know, all of my experiences together. And lovely the way that you express them. And th- that was kind of the point that I was making is that I know that we always talk about, you know, artists who are coming through these master's degree programs, but having a, a background in architecture really laid uh, some of the foundation for you being able to kind of almost seamlessly move into the visual arts and to find the success that you have, which has been really interesting. So I've watched you for quite some time. You are with Spinello Projects based out of Miami. Um, Spinello Projects is a very popular gallery um, here in South Florida, and they have a really talented roster of artists. So I'm always looking forward to um, emails, you know, letting me know who's next and who's going to be showing next. So now that you have this show up at NS, um, NSU, what can we expect from you in the future? Our future? Are you working on a new body of work? Sure. So I'm always, I'm always working on, on new work. And I think, you know, my, my work is kind of, you know, I feel like it's an extended body of work, extended series of, of these individuals and space and, and groupings. Um, I'm also, you know, in, at the NSU show, there's some of this uh, notion, I call it sort of like a historical counter narratives. And there's some, there's some of that in there where I, where I'm building on like, you know, kind of, um, self-generated myth-making and, and kind of uh, working that in those themes into the painting. So um, in terms of the work, that's what I'm, that's what I'm working on. Um, in terms of where I'll be showing next, I'm, um, right now I'm planning to show at Expo Chicago um, and that will be my first, first art fair. And there, there will be some, you know, large, uh, paintings that are kind of like the, the size of some of the work that's in the you show but some of the larger uh, larger scale oil paintings uh, and and maybe I'll have some some smaller watercolor pieces there as well so when I met you you had these this great um these sketchbooks that you used to paint so yes um if this is just like a fun question what do you prefer do you prefer the larger scales or do you prefer the the sketchbooks that you started off with yeah I think they're Actually, um, that's when you ask that. I mean, I, I think I, I don't see a difference between them. You know, I, I think that the larger work is like, you know, kind of like extended plays of the shorter work. You know, like I think you have like my work is, um, you know, based on this drawing and, and sketching and, and being very active with the hand. Um, and, and those sketches inform the larger pieces, you know, so there's like these sketches and I I still do those, by the way, (laughs) the sketches in my sketchbook are kind of like, you know, little, little mini, mini solos, you know, and, and these larger works are like the full thing. That's kind of how how I look at it, but they both have the same, same notes and same rhythms. Jared, thank you so much. So we can find your work at NSU Art Museum. Give us the title of the show again. Where We Are You. By Jared McGriff. Make sure that you visit. If you are unable to visit, you can also visit NSU's website, learn more about the show, and learn more about Jared. You can also find him um, on Instagram, is Watercolor Brother. That's one of my favorite Instagram accounts. You can join me and see some really beautiful images. Jared, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on.